there are so many cases of people outputting early who end up with great accent. And so I think, okay, well, if I'm going to believe that early output across the board is bad, then I would have to count for all these all of these examples of people who output early. What's up, Kodakura Squad? Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we talked to Cloudy, who is a Korean immersion learner. And you guys might have seen him before. He's really active in the Refill community and also in our Discord as well. So we talked to him about his learning with learning Korean. But before we get to that talk, make sure you absolutely obliterate the like button. You know the deal, guys. Get to it. But also, Ross and I now have Twitter accounts. So you should definitely go follow us there. We're tweeting about Japanese and more. Keyword. Keyword yeah. more. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Cloudy. So can you give us a quick background of who you are and where you're at today? Okay, yeah. Right now, uh, I am at my house. That's where I'm at today. And who I am is Cloudy. Um, a lot of people in the immersion community kind of know me as, as one of the guys learning Korean using some immersion methods. I hop around to a few different communities and I've been learning Korean for about two years now and I like being involved with the community and helping out in the ways that I can. So that's about me. Um, oh wait, wait, Cloudy, were, were you just wearing a banana suit just now? Or you just like, kind of glitched out for a second. Oh, no. Uh, actually, I did just come home from my job. I work at the grocery store. I work in the produce section. So I'm around fruit all the time. You know, the job is bananas. But no, I think you guys are mistaken. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I must have been seeing things. Wow. <laughs> that was crazy. I, was, I swear, I was like, is, did Cloudy just become a banana? But I, I guess it was just me. And I guess Eric saw it yeah. too. But I guess we we're both just just not seeing the the right things here but with that what made you start learning korean (laughs) (laughs) right uh well yeah so first of all i want to say uh thank you guys both for having me on the podcast it's totally an honor i've been a long time uh viewer uh of the podcast and uh and i enjoy seeing everybody's journeys and stuff uh but yeah how did i get into korean Um, well, so yeah, about five years ago, I was playing Osu. I just started playing the game. I saw somebody playing on Twitter. They posted a link or a video of them playing. And I thought it was the coolest game. You know, I used to play a lot of music. So I was like, man, uh, it's a neat rhythm game. I'd kind of heard about it before. I thought I'd give it a try. I downloaded Osu and I started playing and it's full of like Japanese weeb songs, anime intros, uh, and meme stuff, but also K-pop. And I never heard any K-pop. I had just known about K-pop. I didn't know. I kind of expected it to be really corny, and I guess some of it really is. But I heard some really cool music by Red Velvet that was uh, produced with this R&B vibe and some really interesting explorations in timbre and rhythm and song structure. And, you know, and this is along with seeing other K-pop songs. So yeah, I was like, man, there's this whole culture of these really popular songs that is that they're exploring pop music in a really interesting way. And it really kind of drew me into it. So one thing led to another. I was watching videos with idols in variety shows and then i saw the variety shows 
were funny enough and the hosts were funny and you know I was laughing at the the they would explain cultural notes in the subtitles and I'd be like <laughs> yeah that's really funny the way that you said that pun that I that you had to explain to me through the subtitles eventually I was like man I got to I got to learn something you know so I downloaded Duolingo like everybody and that's how you learn languages right <laughs> Duolingo, and, step one, right there. Or is yeah. it? Or is it? Oh, well, we did a video. I think, yeah, watch yeah, the video, find the, out. <laughs> the great debate. Yeah, definitely watch the video. Uh, well, for my case, it was not the not the case. <laughs> it was not it. Well, as a spoiler, Cloudy Wolf. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I lasted about a week of doing some of those uh, exercises, and I remembered how to say, Anyanhaseyo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I took it. I, I kept getting more into K-pop and more into uh, the shows. Uh, eventually, found Matt versus Japan's channel. Um, after, I guess I'm skipping one key step. Is there was that a your, time... your favorite K-pop idol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think he's a J-pop idol, actually. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and uh, yeah, so what happened was I was I was planning. This is right before the kind of pandemic arc of society happened and I was planning on um, meeting with some friends and like like six months later and I was thinking like man I don't want to show up to this like friend get together and not be like doing anything with my life <laughs> so so right there I was like man I okay I I was watching this show about these girls uh, competing to be in a Korean uh, group. It's like a survival show, elimination, lots of drama. And uh, these Japanese girls were learning Korean and like speaking and understanding some Korean. I had no idea how much they knew. You know, all I knew was they were learning it. And I was like, they have no, they, I have no excuse. They, they're learning it while they're doing all this crazy stuff. Uh, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna give myself six months to see how it goes. I'm gonna commit for six months, see where I'm at, see if I wanna keep going. And just looked around, stumbled across Matt's channel and kind of made a decision to dive in. Was there anything about Japanese that attracted you at all? Cause you said you, you played Osu and I'm sure like the yeah, channels were so <laughs> also related to Japanese that you, you some of the channels you saw. Yeah. And that's really interesting because, uh, yeah, I picked up Osu, a game which is known amongst internet weebs for having mostly just Japanese music. And and that it wasn't any of that that really drew me to the language. Um, I'd, I'd never really watched anime uh, very much before, so I wasn't into that world very much. Um, I did see Ghost in the Shell and Akira, and I was like, man, anime is actually good. And so then I kept asking people like, hey, I found these two really cool shows I like, Akira and Ghost in the Shell, what are some other cool animes? And every person I asked was like, oh, uh, <laughs> those are the best ones. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, or, or this wasn't my style, you know? I, I didn't realize that the depth of styles and everything that anime had. So I was completely ignorant about all of it. Uh, but then, yeah, and then coming across Matt's channel, 
Um, I started to feel the allure of, of Japanese a little bit, but because I knew so little about it, I would, I was just thinking, man, I, I already had wanted to learn Korean and I'm already interested in the culture and the, the humor and the music and everything. So I'll just, I'll just learn Korean. Right. Um, and then I thought maybe I'll get, I'll pick up Japanese once I'm elite level status Korean. I didn't know what to expect. Once you're native, but, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Once I'm fully <laughs> yeah. Korean native, once What's... once I walk into a, a room and tell people that my name is like my first that that my name is Kim, and they're or just shocked, like just in like <laughs> see, like a seizure yeah. state. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, when they when I enter a room. And the locals have seizures. And trip That's why you know themselves. you gotta stop with the Korean. You gotta switch this Japanese. Yeah. Uh, imagine that was like a, a video on YouTube. White guy shocks everyone with Korean. White Literally shocks. Them with limited shock. Yeah. Induces seizure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty wild. I mean, you're, you're going a little like multiple steps above native level at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to imagine the world where you you just happen to go into one of those um those like moe animes like <laughs> instead of K-pop and <laughs> instead of the cloudy howdy we have today, we just have the extreme weeb cloudy just coming <laughs> and explaining his Japanese journey. <laughs> But yeah, it it was uh, I was a fork in the road, and I chose the Korean. Dude, there fork. must be weed right, culture right. for Korea, right? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, some people call them Koreaboos, uh, but really, it's so different because there's I mean, there's you have K-pop stands, right? Right. A- and everybody everybody who's ever been on Twitter knows about K-pop stands. Um, everybody knows not to talk trash about BTS online or you'll get a, an angry mob a after golden you. rule yeah exactly not that i would do that you know just hey, just hey, so we're clear the BTS podcast supports bts <laughs> yeah. we are big fans of bts <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, just throw that disclaimer out there uh yeah th- so th- you have a lot of really zealous um fans also people love k-dramas you know uh i don't i don't know if Japanese dramas really have the same kind of worldwide uh, appeal or popularity as K dramas. Right. Um, spoiler, spoiler alert is no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't think so, but yeah, you have all of those fans too. So I, I think generally, um, yeah, the 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 demographics are probably pretty different between the people who wish they were, you know wish they went to high school with V from BTS uh, and then the people who wish they were went to like and joined like a lifting club at a Japanese school or whatever club the band club <laughs> I almost thought you were going to say the, the people who wish they were Korean the people who wish they were Japanese <laughs> yeah the, exactly people who wish they were Korean uh, yeah and, and I actually I've also found that the um, even just the my general sense of the demographics in the different language immersion communities, um, and also the larger uh, language communities. You know, each each language kind of 
tends to have a, a large presence of a certain demographic. Um, like there's a lot of, in, in some of the Korean servers I'm in, there's a lot of women, more so than, the, than represented maybe in some of the Japanese community, which seems a lot of young men. Um, and obviously there's every type of every person learning every language. Um, definitely, but there's there seems to be uh, yeah some big differences in in general demographics. I think. I see. I, I guess going towards your K- Korean learning now. So you mentioned that you stumbled upon Matt vs Japan. So of, of course Matt's known for Japanese, but you kind of took that immersion method and um, went and developed it for Korean. Then right? Yeah. So. I was a little unsure of it all, um, but I felt like I was pretty open to people who seemed like they were experts in the field, and um, I tried to be critical during my during my time. But also, I didn't have the experience of knowing what works and what to, what not to do, what to do more of, less of. So I tried to. St- Stay fairly close to the basic MIA framework, and uh, and 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 I figured, hey, I'll I'll give it a shot. How these all these other people are doing it for Japanese, and I'll try to not stray too far away from it, and then I'll know more later, I guess. So I didn't try to reinvent the wheel or anything i just kind of hopped on on this basic idea that i would try to learn some starting words from a vocab deck and i made it about 600 700 words in and i was just having such a hard time remembering them that i would try to uh do sentence mining from shows and i was also listening at work every day for eight to nine hours at work um, just listening to nonsense, basically. Uh, Korean podcasts that I didn't understand. And uh, I would come home and watch shows and uh, not understand anything. <laughs> Every once in a while, uh, I would hear somebody say a phrase like, uh, oh, or uh, yeah, just, I don't know, little explanations or like, you know, okay. What, is that, what does that mean? Otoke is just like, how? Or like, you know, why this? Or how How could this be? That kind of thing. I didn't I didn't know very many words. So I just had to... The low-hanging fruit for me, which is how I, you know, conceptualized it. It was just little tiny phrases, three-word phrases. And I slowly built up uh, stuff from there. So to answer your question earlier, I tried a lot of different things. And... N- and I also kept to the no output as per the kind of AJAT and MIA vibe. The, the I didn't terms and speak. conditions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you violate it, you will not that be little... According to... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I checked that box. I checked, you know, everything. You know, I will I will give all of my information money. You know, to, to this company. <laughs> yeah. So... I tried, uh, I tried to, to not speak at all, and I stuck with that since the day I started with MIA up until, you know, other than a few words here and there, 
I stayed with that up until about a week ago, actually. Oh wow! So, so um, I guess like now a week later, are you are you fluent? Would you say you're fluent? You know, I, this is like an important topic that I think a lot of people are interested in right now. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, large consensus in different ways. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get into the output thing in a moment. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that out of all of my time trying different things, trying pre-made things, I, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of what would be a good way to start and to move to an intermediate kind of thing. Also because I'm so involved with other people and helping other people get started with it, it's kind of something I've done the entire time. I never really stopped helping new people get into it. Uh, so I feel like I've stayed a little bit in touch, haven't completely forgotten. And I also haven't built something completely around my own way of doing it because I think that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. They, they want to recommend the way that that they got into it um and in a way sometimes that can be like somebody just telling you like i heard a, an analogy about this like having a somebody who has a lot of money telling you the lottery numbers that they use to get rich you know <laughs> it like it's there they don't everybody doesn't always know exactly how they got fluent and so they might attribute whatever they did to their success when there might be so many other variables pushed here and pushed there that could alter the, the choices. Right. And according to my watch here, it's been exactly a moment. So I guess it's time to go and talk about output now as, as according oh, to yeah. what you said exactly a moment ago. <laughs> so why don't we <laughs> just true. dive right wow. into that? How, when, yep. when did you Impactful start outputting timing. cloudy in Korean? Uh, yeah. So I, came to a realization after talking to a lot of people, not just in Korean, like in the Korean community, but in other communities. Um, you know, I'm, I'm highly involved or, you know, I, right from the start, I was involved with the refold communities, right. uh, in the discord communities. And, um, and I, yeah, I was the admin of, or I still am the admin of the Korean server. Right. And but I'm also an admin on the the central server that has a lot of languages. So I hang out and talk to a ton of people about different things. And the data on fossilization is as far as I know, the studies that have been done on it um, all tend to point towards the idea that it doesn't it's not really correlated with early output right. as much as a lot of people would uh, are seeming to suggest. Yeah. And um, and I I've met so many people who are going oh yeah well you know I I output it early from day one or from three months in or six months in and it was never really that big of a problem and I kept getting better and um, I think a lot of the it, it it's so important to me to try to figure out and suss out the different parts of the equation that are, are different when comparing two different methods. And so many of the criticisms for uh, cementing bad habits and early output uh, seem to be 
focused on a specific archetype of learner, and that's one who outputs from day one a lot and gets almost zero native input and only maybe repeats a few things in class and also doesn't really have a des- maybe might not have a desire to take it to a really high level and um and there are you know there, there are so many different reasons and and things that could affect that but there are so many cases also of people outputting early and then also learning learning things um and immersing a lot who end up with great accents yeah. and so i think okay well if i'm going to believe that er- early output bl- across the board as a blanket statement is bad then i would have to uh somehow account for all these all of these examples of people who output early i i'm not a japanese speaker but i hear harry often as an example of somebody who didn't really have a, a he had a short period of time of not outputting towards the beginning and uh you know some japanese speakers and a lot of other learners and uh and second language japanese speakers say that harry's japanese is great yeah so yeah like uh, most of most I of mean, the people sounds, that sounds we interviewed me, who but, are like the best at japanese they they output it early so i also don't really understand why there's that fear of fossilization because i mean as long as you have the mindset of of like trying to improve it's you're never gonna fossilize right because you're you're gonna like figure out where your mistakes are and improve yeah so all of these examples of people who got really good and also outputted early or had a short period of of output you know i always viewed the output thing as a risk management strategy because really there's no way of knowing exactly what will happen if you do or don't but it was seen from the start as something you could do to minimize the risk of mistakes as you go on but what i personally saw looking at my own understanding of korean my perception of it the way i hear it and the way that i that i read it and become comfortable with the things i know the biggest changes in that happened in the first six to nine months and after that it still changes all the time but it's so much slower and that's generally when i felt like i could have easily started outputting right then and there and practicing and gotten a head start on it and i would probably be much further well i would absolutely be further along in my ability to output today had i started back then you know uh, about a, a year and a half ago at this point but at the same time i feel like there wasn't a huge risk in me waiting because i didn't i don't have to i don't have to talk to anybody in korean i don't know any korean people in person uh i i could go to a local korean baptist church if i wanted to meet somebody that's like the only little center i know of korean culture around me um but yeah i i I feel like if there was any risk then it could have been mitigated by by just having a shorter period of of silence and even if it wasn't silence just not speaking all day every day uh, i could have gone through the entire time with just once a week trying to practice some things every couple of days write some things down stuff that i've heard before I, I, at this point, after having gone through all of it, I just don't see, I don't see it. I don't see the reason. I, I don't see uh, the 
the effects on a lot of people. So yeah, my, my ideas have really changed on it. And now that I've come to that realization, I just kind of want to uh, start practicing writing and uh, I don't exactly regret it because it was a it was an experiment. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna start, I've, I've already practiced basically writing things down every day. It feels like I, I, when I start writing, I feel like I'm writing like a five-year-old. Uh, and it's like, I don't get, you know, how to do anything complicated or I don't remember very many words, but already, even just after a few days, I've, I've just found myself remembering, oh yeah, I could just use that. Oh yeah, I could use that. And so I can start to see it you know, coming out, but yeah, it's exciting. And I'm actually, I'm looking forward to getting a lot more practice in and actually start, uh, you know, posting, uh, comments on YouTube, in, like mostly incomprehensible comments on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and actually talking with people. Yeah. Right. This is where you got to go and talk to all the, the K pop stars right there. Talk to them <laughs> in the comment section. Yeah. So in, uh, in Korea, the K-pop idols use a live streaming service called VLive. A lot of them do. And um, so they will put on... It's actually really great immersion if you are a beginner in Korean and you like K-pop. Because chances are, your favorite K-pop group is going to have uh, like weekly or sometimes daily broadcasts for an hour long of some uh, you know, 22-year-old girl talking about uh, the tteokboki she had for lunch and what bands that she's into is that and, your is that your uh, preferred you know, going... immersion <laughs> uh you know it's something that's easy to put on at work and listen to but i i probably don't listen to it nearly as much as some people i know <laughs> oh are you throwing other people under the bus here i mean <laughs> We, we, we have had other Korean immersion learners on the podcast, so I, I just want to make sure you're not um, tech, like targeting any one of those people. And, and when I say we've had some on our podcast, we've had one very specifically here. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, retro, as far as I know. Oh, you was... can't dox him, Cloudy. What are you doing? No, no. Let me, <laughs> let me finish that statement. As far as I know, Retro was never really that into K-pop. Right. So he would probably be the last person to, as far as I know, uh, to actually spend time listening to these broadcasts. Right. I, not that, he, not to say that there's anything wrong with them. Right. <laughs> I do it a lot. <laughs> so I, I guess then it goes to the question, then what is your favorite immersion, Cloudy? <laughs> you, you did avoid that part with Eric, what you just <laughs> <Yeah>. said. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean to exactly dodge it, but I kind of did. Uh <laughs> I think um, my favorite immersion is probably uh, it's hard, it's actually hard to pick something because I actually like some dramas and I've never watched a K drama until I started learning Korean. Right. But I've they've kind of grown on me, and I did watch a ton of web dramas. Uh, yeah, those are like really simple high school. They're made for like fifteen-year-old girls on the bus going to right. school. Uh, simple. And that's your preferred romance. That's your preferred things. immersion. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was my preferred 
when I couldn't watch anything that was comprehensive. That you know, those right, two right. when dramas are, are so difficult yeah. for a beginner. So yeah, I I watched the heck out of those. Right. Um, but I also love. Um, I think one of my favorite things is comedy bigly, and it is sketch comedy on a stage, and they have uh, these frequent you know frequent characters that will come up and do variations on basically the same skits. Uh, I find it really endearing. Um, there's some funny celebrities who do to do it. I think some of it is improv, but a lot of it is kind of pre-written. Anyway, really funny sketch comedy. Um, and I also like watching YouTube variety stuff. The Korean YouTube scene is nuts with their... They'll, they'll have small versions of variety shows or, or a, a specific individual will have a, you know, a little film crew and make a, a series of interesting videos. Uh, I love that stuff, so I love a lot of YouTube. And I would also eventually like to get back into watching Running Man which is a show that I was big into before I started learning Korean, when I was using English subtitles. And I actually haven't watched it in like two years. Um, but I was waiting until I could be kind of fluent enough to just enjoy the show instead of having to look things up all the time. Uh, so yeah, I like, I like, there's not a lot of Korean comedy out there, but I like most of it when I come across it. And um, YouTube mainly. I see. And you mentioned just now the word fluent and we, we talked about it in the beginning of the podcast too, but we're quite, we're not quite sure where your level is at here right now. Cloudy, the, the viewers want to know yes. how, so how fluent are you? Cloudy? A test. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, I'm actually glad you guys brought this up. Um, it's something that I touched on recently. Uh, and I've been talking to people about it. Right. And I, came to this realization that I needed to, uh, you know, kind of be more uh, accurate about how I, I, I message things because I, I've recently started working on YouTube videos even more uh, and I want my channel to be a certain thing. And I feel like in the immersion community, there is this expectation that everybody kind of shows the nuts and bolts and shows their progress and shares their exact methods and shows measurable metrics of improvement over time and, and, and goals and uh, objective things to compare uh, results and outcomes and inputs and outputs. And, and honestly, all of that stuff has almost always been so uninteresting to me. And the most fun thing about all of this is that it's just like hanging out and reading fun stuff, watching fun shows, uh, watching emotionally enriching shows, um, getting used to the feeling of not understanding things and all of these uh, really positive things if you cultivate them. Um, you know, making friends in the immersion community with other language learners and finding stuff in common. I, f I find that I get along with language learners and especially immersion language learners so well. And uh, 
there's just something special about this group of people that is it, they it's almost this universal trait that ever this the sparkle in everyone's eyes <laughs> and i i love finding that in people and talking with people about stuff and that's the stuff that i really find important and engaging i love to have fun i love this whole process to be like enjoy it and and enjoy the moment enjoy the the journey all the cliches but um but also you know i i do I, not to completely dodge you know and to say that i won't answer anything i don't exactly have a problem with with it but i do feel like there's this expectation that if somebody's going to be uploading updates then it's it's about your stats so that i can compare my stats to your stats and that i can know that your methods are wrong because you're doing this or that they're right because you know this is my experience i don't i don't like playing that game i don't i don't even want i don't even want to play it's like take me out you know i will i will go and refill the water bottles and warm the benches <laughs> i will be the water boy but um, i just don't I there's so much room in in the community for more for com, for community basically and that's one thing that I love about your guys' podcast is that you actually just have these long form discussion and you you hear people's stories and that is so much more interesting to me than seeing uh, somebody not to take away from these from people who like doing this but when I see somebody bring up uh, their Excel spreadsheet and and everything's like perfectly coded from uh you know inputs to outputs and they've got graphs to show everything i'm like wow that's really fascinating that's neat and i don't know it's it's cool but i don't i don't really like it so i want to see more and because i want to be the change that i want to you know see i want to my content and my interactions with the community to be more about like uh, the more the things that I find more interesting, like coming up with, uh, like figuring out systems that work for people rather than figuring out the ultimate path uh, and coming up with the the one true way. Yeah, I think that that's like a like a kind of like a wholesome message. So I think that might be a good place to like maybe end the podcast and. Yeah, and I'm sure you know like what happens at the end of the podcast, right? Raza, you can take over. Ah, yes. Yeah, Cloud, Cloudy, this is very important. I mean, we, we know leading up to this moment, leading up to all the times you've watched the podcast, even before the podcast was made, we knew that you were trying to go and craft the perfect Korekara message. And I mean, you've been waiting for it now. The lights <laughs> are shining bright. The bananas are in the audience waiting for you you know everything is right here for you to say this special message so the stage is all yours and we can't wait to hear it okay well uh it's a lot of pressure being in the hot seat right here after after a wind up like that (laughs) but i think ultimately um what i want to say is the most important is that um and if, when you're a language learner and you're in a community of people, you don't have to take the exact same route that other people took. And it's great to see what other people did 
so that you can uh, get ideas and uh, and inspire yourself. But you don't have to. You don't have to have the same attitudes. You don't have to have the same goals, and you don't have to have the same methods or daily routines or interests or anything. The most important thing that you do is to make sure that you feel good about doing it, so that you look forward to doing it every day. And that if you can do it every day, that is a successful program. That's a successful system, and that's the more the longer you can do that, the better place you'll be. In, in the future, like the the better chance of success you'll have. So that's all I want to say, I guess. You love to hear it, and with that, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Hey guys, thanks for making it to the end of the podcast. Let us know in the comments if you would want to learn Korean. I know I do, and if you follow me on Twitter, you would know about that as well. Yeah, can't be cheating on Japanese. <laughs> but as always, we got our patrons. Got a shout out: Cedric Ross, Captain Alan Drew, Jack, Joey Cage, Shiny Bear, Nathan Pullers, Yui, Sad Boy, Christian Pan, and Quaid. Peace. Peace.